Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, I wanted to have a conversation here about a gospel that happened in, in a couple of weeks ago. And it was about Jesus giving the parable about the mustard seed. And the reason that kind of hit me is, A, it's, it's, it's a parable that Jesus teaches directly how to live our lives and how we should. But it's also one of the things, because it's a parable, it's not specifically in-depth. And I think that it's one designed to be one of these things where every person can kind of apply it to their own life in their own way. And uh, obviously the priest gave a homily about his, uh, his teachings upon it. But as I was listening, I guess I was thinking it was applicable to me in a couple of ways. So I'm going to let you do your teachings on it, but essentially Jesus talks about how a mustard seed is placed in five different places. All of them have problems for their own various reasons, but one works out. And my thought upon it was the seeds still have an opportunity to grow. Some of them get don't work out and they're growing for various reasons, but the part that's kind of left and assumed is that the nature of the five options on the trail, in the weeds, in the shallow soil, in the rich soil, and I'm already forgetting two of the others, um, it's just kind of assumed that those are unchanging and will always be like that. And the thought that I had of it was the seed can kind of be like your childhood. You can't really control what family you're born into if you have older siblings or not, uh, who your parents are, you can't really control any of that. But once you get to a level of adulthood, you can start controlling the actual environment around you. Maybe it's easier to move from the thicket to a different one of the options. But in the long run, I think we as individuals kind of have a obligation to go to our term from the last couple of podcasts to to try to improve the situation that we're in. Again, recognizing that not every situation is approvable. Sometimes it is necessary to, to depart. But even if you go to a situation that's better, to make that better situation better than how you found it. So, like I said, I was using the mustard seed parable as, as the backdrop there, but that was kind of the thought that I have is more of our roles and ownerships as individuals and adults moving through society. So with that being said, I want to give you the floors to see if that even is correlated to what Jesus is talking about and let you correct me as, as that's always sometimes our best episodes. <laughs> well, I do have to correct you, Joe, because you're, uh, you're actually mixing together two parables. I do that and, a lot. <laughs> and actually the one that we had in the gospel last weekend was uh, yet a third parable. <laughs> so, um, and, and uh, it's, I'm, I can I know I can say that to you and we can we can laugh about it because uh, but I, I do seriously want to say, you know, we uh, it's not a, it's not a bad thing, actually. So why not sowing mustard seeds? Now, the, the different parables are actually drawing attention to different aspects of the kingdom of God. And uh, in some sense, they are combined because it's the same kingdom of God. So uh, it's, it's not really inappropriate, but it is, you know, it's it's mixing metaphors a little bit. It's mixing uh, images a little bit. And uh, so separating them out is useful and, and looking at them all together is useful. You know, we do both things 
in our faith. It's sort of like uh, people will do this a lot with uh, with the different gospels. For example, uh, we we make nativity scenes with combinations of things from Mark's from Luke's gospel and from Matthew's gospel. We'll put the three kings, which appear only in in Matthew's gospel, together with the shepherds, which appear only in Luke's gospel. So. And that's perfectly appropriate because it's, you know, uh, it's those are all real things. So there's a point to separating them out. It's interesting to see what things Luke emphasizes, and he does that according to uh, his own kind of coherent picture. It's interesting to see what Matthew emphasizes. He does that according to his own coherent picture. But it's good to look at it all together, too, because it interacts with each other. So anyway, I think that's a, a useful teaching point in itself. Uh, and, and so I don't mind, uh, I know also that you're very humble and, and don't mind me, uh, pointing that out, but the, there are three different parables, at least, uh, just three off the top of my head in terms of seeds. Uh, one of those parables is the four different kinds of soil. Jesus says the kingdom of God can be, uh, compared to, uh, a sower who sows his seed on, uh, and you know it, it encounters four different kinds uh, of soil, and and you're actually you said five different kinds of soil. There again, you're not actually wrong. Jesus gives a slightly different explanation in Matthew's gospel as opposed to Luke's gospel. I think even that's a little bit fuzzy in my head. But um, anyway, we'll stick with four kinds of soil since uh, he, he says that, at least in, in one of the versions of that parable. Um, another parable is the, is the mustard seed. And then another parable is the weeds and the wheat. And we actually, this past Sunday, got the, that is to say, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, which was July 19th. Um, we got the weeds and the wheat, and then we also got the mustard seed. And then we got an explanation. Then we also get the leaven, and then we get the explanation of the weeds and the wheat. Uh, so, so again, just now that I've created a big soup of things, three parables: the four different kinds of soil, the mustard seed, the weeds, and the wheat. And uh, again, all three of them show us different aspects of the kingdom of God, and that's why Jesus uses all three of them to teach us. I want to get back to the soil, so I'm going to say that last and just kind of touch on those other two along the way. Uh, the mustard seed is really emphasizing the the power of smallness. So it's emphasizing this kind of reversal. The kingdom of God is the place where the littlest ones actually contain the the whole kingdom. When we live only for this world, we have a tendency to fall into an ethic of might makes right. The bigger ones are more important. The more powerful ones, the stronger ones, the richer ones, the, the, the better ones in terms of this world are more important. Jesus flips everything on his head and he says, yeah, that's the, that's the dynamic of this world. The dynamic of heaven is that the little ones are of most importance. And we could even think then of the seed of the word made flesh in the womb of Mary. When Jesus was a one-celled organism, a one-celled human being, he was still God. And he was the greatest thing on this entire earth that this entire earth had ever contained, God himself. So 
we can see the greatness in littleness. And he also gives us that in terms of uh, the leaven, the yeast that a woman hides. It's invisible. And yet it has the power to make the difference between a brick of flour and water and bread, which is uh, filled with air, with lightness. And uh, so the little one has great power. Or then, you know, as St. Paul talks about, God chooses the foolish to shame the wise, the weak to shame the strong. There's all these great reversals. And that's really where the mustard seed is, is emphasizing. We may feel very little. We may feel incapable of making any difference in the context of world events. Who looks at politics and thinks, I can overcome this? And yet Jesus tells us, no, it's not by becoming bigger than all of the forces around us. In our littleness, our offering of our daily sacrifices, our little prayers, our little offerings, that's actually what changes the world. And in some sense, it's uh, even more than important than President Trump is President Trump's mother. You know, like this is the kind of thing that even though we feel little and not, we t feel completely off of, the, of center stage that's actually where a lot of the action takes place and certainly in terms of the kingdom of god not necessarily in terms of this world but the power of littleness is the mustard seed uh, the weeds and the wheat is showing us that together with the good things that are growing there's also evil mixed in the midst of it and our temptation is to rip out the evil and the problem is that we'll end up ripping out the good at the same time that's where persevering in patience and even coexisting with evil that we can't simply separate ourselves from. Our tendency is always to think, I want to run off to a desert island where there are no bad people, or uh, I want to kill all the bad people, except then we realize that we're also in our own ways at different times among the bad people. <laughs> so we're, we're doing the same thing that the bad people are doing, which is wiping out the enemy, and, and then we're making more bad people. So actually the way of the kingdom is that they grow together until it's fully mature and then at the right time god will do the separating uh, but in some sense we also pray for the conversion of the weeds into wheat rather than simply ripping them out and throwing them away so that's another parable but then to come back to your uh point about the four soils uh, so the soil which is the uh, the path on which the, the, the birds come down and pluck up the seeds, the shallow soil, which it goes in and shoots up, but then it doesn't have any deep soil, so it just has no roots and it withers away. The thorns, which choke the, the plants that grow up, and then the fourth is the rich soil that produces fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. And those, uh, those three different kinds of soil um yeah summarize the the ongoing temptations for all of us or the ongoing uh things to be aware of for all of us it's uh so if we if we don't sink in roots like the soil on the path if we don't sink in any roots then then we're just kind of out there blowing in the wind you know we're out there subject to the devil's temptations subject to his attacks subject to um his him him plucking us off the path and he will you know the the idea that that we're we'll simply be free of that is just uh false so um 
we do need to sink in roots. And, and, and one way to read that is, is talking about commitment. You know, the, the people who, and I, I think we really see this in this time, you and I have talked about this, you know, everybody was prevented from going to church for a while. And there were some people who had a kind of half-hearted commitment who weren't really committed to going to church, weren't really committed to their faith, weren't really committed to mass. It was just like, okay, I guess. And, you know, or people who kind of come in to try it out, like, oh, I'll just show up and see if something happens. Um, probably not. Probably that's going to be easy prey for the enemy who plucks that up and says, oh, there's 10 million ways I can distract you. There are a hundred different things you could be doing right now, which are more interesting, more entertaining, more satisfying for this life than going to mass, than participating in church and just gets plucked right away, blown right off the path, picked up by, by the, the birds of the field. So uh, it requires a commitment. We need a commitment. And the tendency, especially in this generation, I think there's a big problem with commitment. Uh, I think we saw that in earlier generations, there was a, a little more tendency, you know, they had their own problems, but commitment wasn't so much the problem. People worked at the same job their whole life. You know, people uh, committed to marriages and, and divorce wasn't even an option on the table. There, you know, people committed to their church and they were there come hell or high water. You know, there were, there were commitments that, again, that's not, I'm not a... Uh, worshiping that you know there there are times that marriages are really broken or that somebody needs to shift jobs or even if you're uh, you're in a church that anyway we won't talk about a uh, more and less effective churches but uh but the point is there was a the tendency was to commit maybe even to overcommit, and maybe it's a an, a, an opposite reaction but commitment for that that uh that hard path we need to sink roots but then also we need to uh, we need to have enough depth. So sometimes we we try stuff out enough to just we just want to like we want it to be quick. We don't want the long term commitment. We want the just dive in quick. We want the fast food. We want the quick checkout line. We want you know we want relationships that are instantly good. Um, you know this is maybe tied in with a little bit of the prevalence of uh, fornication. Uh, extramarital sex that's happening these days it's like first date you know want to we want we want to get the end result without any of the of the work that's involved and uh or or maybe we want you know just a just a quick fix or we want a i heard somebody recently who struggles with uh addiction to alcohol you know and and he wants the like, isn't there a surgery? Isn't there a pill? Isn't there a, a hypnotism? You know, isn't there like some kind of quick fix that I know these things go deep and our humanity goes deep and we need to be willing to go deep. So, uh, again, a little bit along the lines of commitment, but finding deep soil and, and cultivating that in our hearts and even the, you know, the practice to do that, to have deep soil in our hearts is something that we have to work on. And then that third kind of soil the the thorns jesus talks about the anxieties of this world and that's where we have something we have a commitment perhaps we're 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 really you know we're gonna go to mass that's an important part of our lives and uh and that's not something we ever let go of and yet there are other things that come up and we feel a little bit 
suffocated and we we feel like we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to and here again the the coronavirus actually helped us out to clear out some of those thorns i think it removed a lot of that over saturation of uh, so many activities and so many responsibilities and so many things on the calendar and so much you know a lot of distraction going on and so i think the coronavirus actually helped us to clear some of that out but now that you know, as uh, the, those thorns start to really grow around our soil, how many of the anxieties of the world do we allow to choke out the the seeds of faith, the seeds of the gospel that are that are growing in our hearts? And so, cultivating deeper soil, having soil that can penetrate with commitment, uh, clearing out some of the distractions, anxieties, preoccupations, the other things in the world. These are ways that we we prepare the soil of our hearts to receive the seeds of the gospel in a way that they can really bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And I like how you brought that up there. And as we discuss these parables all about being the, the kingdom of God, it it makes me remember, you know, the that how we when we did the virtue series, well, how we talked about the virtues being the importance of being able to get there. And if anyone wants to go back and look up, they start at episode 93 and, and work their way forward. But you can just see how in each of those situations, how you need various ones. You need prudence to be able to, to grow and be wise. So you can tell which was the weeds and which was the weeds. You, know, you need to be able to have humility so you can stay small as the mustard seed. But again, particularly focusing on the, the element of the soil, um, the discussion that we've been having here. A lot of thoughts that had come to me given that explanation, and I'm going to probably go in reverse order the way you said it. So as you just mentioned, Corona had this effect of forcing things to turn off. So there were some old established thorns there, if you will, in everyone's lives that got lifted. And to me, kind of what, the amazing part was is that basically people went out and found new thorns to cover themselves up with. And while I understand that there's probably some form of human nature in there, but we're called to be better than that. You know, the, 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 again, the way I've, I'm interpreting this is we are called to get either our situation or get ourselves to the good soil. And at the end of the day, it's the same result. So you, you broke in there with the beginning parts about how those who have no roots are really having no commitment. And you can certainly see evidence of that. The way that um, on average, and this is going not that far back because it's Facebook data, um, that people that first wave, the first you know 10 years or so of Facebook versus the second 10 years, you saw that many more people were willing to indicate that they were in a relationship of some point at that point and just in a 10-year switch where it's not really indicated anymore. People leave it ambiguous and non-defined in terms of the mass percentage. So you, it's, it's inherent. And I think that the more communication becomes digital... And the less interpersonal connectivity occurs, 
the bigger this problem is going to be. And ultimately, since it's hard for me to take my economic hat off, I see that of being a downside to all these companies working from home. And the ones who think that working from home is a permanent lifetime solution, it's not going to work. And I think that this is part of, not the whole thing, but this is part of that element that you can't build commitment and trust when you're not meeting together. Um, and then as far as the, the, the shallow soil, I think that, that I see this in a lot of places. That someone hears an idea, they get super excited, they totally want to do it. But it's hard, you know, like, yeah, everyone wants to be the wide receiver until you got, cause you can catch a ball in your backyard, but until you got to start running as fast as you possibly can for three hours straight and turn on a dime exactly where you're supposed to. And if you mess up, you get yelled at for half an hour. That's not as fun. So you see a lot of people getting out of that line and, and just stepping into other things and you know, obviously part of this was, was to call us to, to, to put a focus on this is the good soil. And, you know, kind of as I said in the beginning, we can't control what families we're born into. So in a certain sense, our starting soil is out of our control. But what is within our control is what do we do with it? Admittedly, it's going to be hard to create a good growing environment on a concrete path where the birds are eating up all the seeds. So maybe if you're in that situation, you try to get to a different one. But if you are in a spot where you already have dirt on the ground, maybe you figure out a way to, to bring more dirt in your life, to be able to create some resistance whenever you get a challenge that you're able to fight through it. Um, I believe that's called courage. Um, you know, or you're able to, to be able to, if you're in a thorns, to see what real problems are Figure out what's worth dealing with your time and moving on. And, you know, I, I think that, that this is all part of what we're supposed to be called to to leave the world better than how we found it. So with that being said, I, I don't want to go off topic. I, again, I appreciate you for telling me when I'm wrong up front. But now that we're in it, I want to make sure that I'm staying down the, the path of being correct. No, you understand very well, Joe. You, you applied all those uh, in the right way. I love even your application of the virtue of prudence to discern, distinguish the weeds from the weed and your uh, virtue of humility to uh, embrace littleness in the, the mustard seed. Beautiful application of the virtues. And, uh, and I'm glad you pointed our listeners back to that series on the virtues that I think was really, uh, came out beautifully and I'm happy to have people listen to those for the first time or re-listen to those. It is a matter of uh, of growing in virtue. You know, the I I always compare virtues to muscles, and uh, you made the kind of football analogy or the sports analogy, and it's very appropriate that you, you, no pain, no gain. You know, uh, if you don't if you don't work at it, if you don't endure the the soreness, if you don't push through the uh, the hard spots, if you don't persevere. Uh, you don't grow. And the same thing is true with virtue. And, and again, reemphasizing that commitment that, uh, yeah, you know, if, if we don't develop the habits, if we don't persevere through the difficulties, if we don't, you know, those each, each roadblock is a chance to deepen our commitment, to deepen our soil. And, and that's going to make the soil richer and to receive the, the seeds of the gospel more. It's, uh, another way of of saying it is, you know, each 
each time you receive Holy Communion, you have more grace. And so the next Holy Communion that you receive is going to be even deeper than the previous one. And so how many Holy Communions do you have to receive till your soil is really deep? Well, why don't you just receive every day, you know, <laughs> like give it a try. And that's a, I think that's another important element. It's like, yeah, you can't, you can't stick your toe in, you know, you can't wade into shallow waters. If you don't throw in your lot, you know, it's like you can't try out marriage. You know, if, if as they say, it's not a 50-50 proposition, it's a 100-100 proposition. If you're not all in, it's not going to work. And and that's why we we ask those questions even before people are married. And and faith is ultimately like that. It's a marriage with God, simply said. As members of the bridal church, we marry God. Who would have thought that's possible? And yet it really is. And that's the call for every Christian. But um, we got we got to be all in. And so um, so I can appreciate, you know, it's it's honest to say, wow, I'm not sure I'm ready to be all in. I'm not sure I'm at that point. Well, good. We'll figure it out then. You know, like let's let's face what the difficulties are, what the doubts are, where the where the hesitations are. Let's face that and ask the questions, find the people, reach out where we need to and 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 deal with that rather than just leaving it sort of on the shelf, rather than just leaving that our hearts be like the the stony path that nothing can ever really find, that the seeds of the gospel can't ever really find any root in. Let's not just stay that way, but start digging and find out what's going on there and start removing the stones and, and making a place to really receive the gospel. And a perfect way to end today's episode and the calling to be able to figure out how to make ourselves better and a couple of direct, perfect examples right there. So we thank everyone for listening here today. Again, if you want to go back to the Virtue series, they are by far our most popular episodes we've ever done. They are starting at around episode 93, and you can go through each one individually. Thank you guys very much, and we'll be with you again next week.